we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. John is here. I was worried about you, man. I didn't get any response to the email. I was like, John is gone. He's never coming back. He hates us all. It is, of course, the guy behind Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts and on radio stations worldwide. I am got a new episode that's coming for you this weekend where I talk to Don Fobbs about the huge numbers by Netflix, plus the guys. From the Inside Sports Fantasy Football, not only on Inside Sports Fantasy Football, but also as well on the Pop Culture Cosmos, we'll give you a preview of this weekend's championship game. So check that out. Indeed, I mentioned Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Also as well, go ahead and check out Joe Sorrell here in less than an hour. Right here for your nightcap. The Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell. He's coming up in a little bit. Also as well, don't be afraid. You can go ahead and comment in the best Lakers section that's out there. Lakers fast break because the Lakers win. Everybody should be happy. Should be chatting it up. Go ahead. It's okay. Got a lot of people here. You can do it. You can do it. But also as well, go ahead and check out what he's doing. It's Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. And of course, his company, Simblades, SimbladesWithY.com. Our good friends, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom on, well, I'd, I'd like to say Lakerholics.com, but it's kind of busted right now. Uh, I've been able to get on in days and Laker Tom told me, you know, he's running the thing and he's doing the same thing. He's having problems too. So must've been hacked or something. So whenever it comes back around, go ahead and check out what they're doing today. Him and Jamie Sweet at Lakerholics.com. Plus also as well, our good friends, starting with this man right here, Lakers Corner. Go ahead and check it out and please subscribe. Also as well, Clutch Talk on audio. Clutch Talk is audio. Laker talk, uh, Lakers Corner is video. Is that correct? Yeah, Clutch Talk is audio and video, and Lakers Corner is just video, but audio is coming okay. very soon. Please send me the YouTube link for Clutch Talk. I could only find the audio podcast link because I know uh, Kurt Affair, the shy guy that he is, because you know he's always shy and never says much on the chat. <laughs> he was actually asking about all your links the other day, and I got you the video for Lakers Corner, and I got the audio for Clutch Talk. But also as well, go ahead and check out Lakers in 5, Empire Jeff TV, John McCallion channel, Daniel Barry Sports Highlights, who was at the game today in the crypt. It was so awesome. I was telling the Magic Man this, but Joe didn't absolutely care at all because he was Joe. I was saying it was so cool when Daniel Barry Sports Highlights lets us know, like Raphael used to when he was at the game, and then you have... Aussie, John, such a great part of our playback.tv audience. He was near center court at the Australian Open and watching us with the Lakers. Man, it just that doesn't beat all. Around the world, this type of just camaraderie from everyone out there, it it it's just awesome. It is, it is. But please go ahead and support those great channels, especially John's out there today because. You know what? He works so hard and doing a lot of good stuff. I was going to get you a uh, a link for a short from a, a, and I'll send that to you. I'll, ask, I'll ask see if you can, because I know you said you wanted to help make a short. And mm-hmm. I think I've got a good one for you from the other day with Joe. So I'll, I've got, got one that to you. Those Joe rant ones are always amusing to go ahead and do. So I'll, I'll send you a link on that one. Or I'll send you a, when it, when it happens. Uh, think Nets eight minutes in. 
And that's eight minutes in. Yes. Okay. Yes, that should go crazy from there. But it is, of course, Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. And please, speaking of supporting great channels like his, if you can, please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Joe is coming actually on the air with us. Don't forget, in less than an hour, you have your nightcap with Joe Soro right there for you on the Lakers fast break. But the Lakers come in tonight needing a victory to get back to 500. Their final home game of the month of January, a month filled with home games, a month filled with a lot of potentially easy or should have been easy home games. But we've seen what's happened. The Lakers have made no headway as far as a record with an easy month that they had and have managed to just bungle it all. But tonight, they faced off in their final home game of the month against the Chicago Bulls, another team meandering through the meanings of life and the purgatory that they are in with 21 and 24 record. And the Lakers, right from the get-go, finally put the Chicago Bulls out of their misery in another convincing win right from the get-go, absolutely tearing it up. It's good to know that we have the president of the D'Angelo Russell fan club with us today because D'Angelo Russell is continuing his tear, 8 of 13 from behind the arc, 10 of 18 overall, 29 points to lead the Lakers. LeBron James and Anthony Davis chipped in with 25 and 22. Austin Reeves had 20. And Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt signing, he actually scored points today. He was actually six of his first six shots on his way to 17. His biggest output in, my gosh, it might be as the Laker. I'm, I don't know if that's the case, but it might be his biggest output ever as the Laker. Uh, Rui Hashimura chipped in with 10, perfect three for three and two for two behind the arc. The Lakers shot 64.5% from behind the arc, 64.5% and over 60% overall on their way. They cruised the entire game, the second half, fourth quarter. I think they cruised a little too hard. And they kept LeBron and AD out there because the lead shrank to under 10. But the Lakers did pull out a 141-132, not a defensive masterpiece by any stretch of imagination. But, hey, with the way they were shooting, they really didn't need to. And here today to go ahead and discuss what went on in today's shooting fest, good man indeed. First man up, first man here. It is the guy behind Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. It is the president. And I'm kidding when I say that. Although, you know, if you do want to start a D'Angelo fan club, there you go. You can make yourself president. It is John Costa. John, always great to have you here, my friend. I was worried because I got radio silence from you for the past couple of days. I was like, oh, my gosh, he hates us now. But uh, great to have you back, my friend. And again, we're riding the wave of D'Angelo, and it feels so good. It feels so good. And, and the crazy thing is, it feels so good for us as Lakers fans. But can you imagine for me, for the person who had been holding it down this whole time? I mean, D'Angelo Russell's name got dragged through the mud, guys. Like, dragged through the mud. Like, they were saying, trade him for a bag of chips. They were saying, get rid of him. They were saying, he can't be a point guard. He can't do anything. And granted, like, I, I did give him you know, his stripes when, when, when he deserved it, because there was times where he just played absolutely horrific and there was nothing for me to back up, nothing for me to support. But as of late, man, he has been playing so great. And the crazy thing is when he was playing bad, you know, I would, 
I'd give him his stripes when he deserved it, but I also would tell people to calm down, relax, because basketball is a game about rhythm. Basketball is a game about confidence. And if you can't gather any rhythm, you can't get into any flow or gain gain any confidence because the second you make one mistake, your your coach is going to pull you out, and the next game you're playing 15, 12 to 15 minutes. It's hard. It's hard. But then when we hit rock bottom, when Darvin Ham didn't know what else to do, He's like, you know what? Let me go to what got us to that Western Conference Finals last year. Let me go back to that lineup. Goes back to that lineup, gives D'Angelo Russell a longer leash, and then boom, what's been happening? These last couple of games, he's been absolutely taking off. I mean, for for me, like genuinely, for me, guys, this is like one of those feel. I feel like a proud father. <laughs> I feel like I genuinely feel like a proud father. I've been supporting him. I've been keeping keeping the belief, keeping you the faith. You can say it. I told you so. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, I will say I will go ahead and tell, tell everyone I told you so. Um, but while while I am saying all that, I do want to say that I'm still OK with, you know, shipping away D'Lo if it means bringing in the correct piece that can bring us to closer to that title, which I think in my in my uh, honest opinion is DeJounte Murray. But that we don't even got to get into that right now. Um, but what I do want to talk about is this game. I mean, you know, first quarter was pretty was really back and forth. 18 lead changes just in that first quarter. And then the second came. And when the second quarter came, guys, we took off. We went on two different runs just in that second quarter. Went on a 15-4 run. And then the last three minutes of the second quarter, we went on a 12-0 run. We came up big. And then after then, we just never took our foot off the gas. We never let up, which is amazing. You know, I, I, I late in the game, we did start to let up a little bit. And that's because I feel like the – the energy, you know, even even watching at home, I was like, I never felt really worried because of the way the Bulls were playing. I mean, they were just turning the ball over continuously time and time again. So to me, like, I was never worried that, you know, we were going to lose this game. But and then you did see, you know, late in the game when the Bulls bought it to like 13, 12 points, that the Lakers players looked like the game was already over. They didn't even really care about it, which almost ended up effing around and costing us the game. But at the end of the day, you know, we got it done. A win is a win. We had four Laker players who had at least 20 points or more first time all season. It's hard. It's it's hard to beat any Lakers team when you shoot 60 plus percent from the three point line. But happy to be here. And Gerald, I'm so sorry. I did not see your emails. I've, I'm logged on to my work email. And then sometimes like I don't get notifications on my personal email, but I'm here every show. Appreciate you guys. I appreciate you being here, but also here today. Good man. Indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to stop on by. And watch this. He headed up our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break coverage. I love how the opening scene when he comes on is parting shots initially for Joe and myself. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. I did hear that, by the way. It's mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> I figured you would. I mean, uh, Joe, Joe doesn't give a rat's ass, but I knew Gerald would hear it. I was like, what? He said, what? <laughs> But great to have you here, my friend. Lakers shoot 60% from the field, 65 or 64.5 from behind the arc. Absolutely sizzling. I wish you could just bottle this up and take this on the road trip with you, but we know that's not going to be the case, my friend. How well, how much do you think they can take from this victory on the Grammy trip ahead? And to be fair, Gerald, I said as far as the Lakers' fast break is concerned, sometimes you're a slacker. Gerald is not a slacker anywhere else in his life. I happen to be the driving family, on the freeway pop culture going Cosmos. 80 miles, 80 miles yes. an hour on yeah, the freeway. No, no. As for this man, 
He's been slacking as far as LB is concerned. Okay. Who <laughs> can be that? He's just, he's just he's giving that I'm going to to punch you in your face look. Okay. Um, you know, when your starter sits 17-3, Gerald, near the LA Lakers, you're probably going to win the game. Doesn't matter who they're playing. Well, it actually does, but um, you should win most of the games you play if your starters shoot that well from beyond the arc. And uh, luckily, we're playing. We were playing a team that has both. Like, I've never seen a team that has a more equal combination of dumb players and smart players. That is the Chicago Bulls. I mean, yep, you got Demar Derozan. Yeah, we'll just match him with Andre Drummond. You have Alex Caruso. Yeah, we'll just put Pat Williams beside him. Oh, and you have Io. Okay, yeah. We'll just uh, throw Colby White in there, too. It's like, it's an equal common. It's like, they're the most discombobulated, structured, flawed team in the NBA. I'm saying that as a Los Angeles Lakers fan. I mean, at least we have LeBron and AD at the top. So that makes a big difference. And for the most part, Gerald, yeah, it was kind of after the, like Johnny was saying, after the midway point of the third quarter, it was kind of putting it in just cruise. They were just cruising. And, you know, I thought a 25-point win should have been in store, but it was barely not even a 10-point win. So uh, just goes to show the lack of discipline, I guess, is the – Nicest way to put it as far as defense is, is concerned. You get, get out that far and you just decide to take your foot off the gas. Not only are you taking foot off the gas, you're leaking a little bit of oil and you don't decide to uh, pull over and uh, see what's un- going on under the hood. Nope, we'll just we'll just cruise right to the end. Feeling pretty good. But a win's a win. We, we say that. A win's a win. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter how you get it. Uh, style points aside, need to get that win on Saturday, though, Gerald. Yep. Like we gotta kind of start building something here. We and my God, how many times have we said that? Proud the last six to eight weeks, you know, two wins need to develop into five, and five what's need the, to go to seven, and seven need to song? go to nine. What's the song? What's the song? Hello, five hundred mile friend. Come to talk with you again. Yeah, it's this team cannot seem to get out of 500. Joe, Joe doesn't appreciate good music, ladies and gentlemen. This is a man who, who likes the, the Little River Band. <laughs> this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 141 to 132. 
<laughs> also here today, good man indeed. He is the host of Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro. It is Joe Soro and Joe Macho Grande is here. Let me ask you this, LeBron, on the eve of him being announced and uh, being selected and officially in for the 20th time, uh, a new record, I believe, for all-star voting and that he's been selected. That was the, I think, leading vote-getter as well. So all that said and done, just had a cruising game tonight. That's all they needed. Just a LeBron, 10 and 19, 25 and 12, five turnovers. Not exactly the greatest thing in the world. But you know what? With the way the Lakers were shooting tonight, you just wish they could just bottle this up and take this on the gra- Grammy trip with them, Joe. Yes, let's bottle it up and hope that every team you play on this trip plays as pathetic as the Chicago Bulls do. Unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, this game should have taken an hour and 50 minutes. Uh, the good officiating from the NBA decided to maybe allocate another 40 minutes of wasting our time. The game was ridiculously boring other than uh, D'Angelo Russell playing like an MVP. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I unfortunately don't, I'm, I'm not really going to get a lot of, but we, we, we said this before, I'm not really going to get anything out of this game, win or lose. Uh, the real test is going to be uh, the start on Saturday and how they do on this uh, long road, road trip. If they come back three and three or worse, uh, at that point, I'm just going to come to the realization that this team's likely going to finish 41 and 41, probably get maybe the 10th spot and try and sneak into the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I think I, I just, I don't know. I don't No, Actually I do know. I, I, I thought today's game sucked. I'll, I'll be honest with you. 132 points to the bulls. Come on. 132 points. I, I don't understand why Ham just self-sabotages everything that he touches. It doesn't matter what it is. So we said this, right? You've got AD playing all year. You've got LeBron uh, playing this year with no major injury. You have D'Lo, who's been a bona fide third guy here the last three weeks. You even have Vando dropping 17 points, and you still find a way to suck ass somewhere. By allowing the Bulls 132 points. At some point, you would think that you would look at Darvin Ham as Mr. 20 all you know all-stars, and then you have AD. At some point, don't you just look over there and go, you know what? You don't do Jack Squat, buddy. And then go to your teammates and go, guys, what are you doing? Like, can you guys play some defense? Are we gonna really let these guys score 132 points? It sets bad habits, folks. And now you're going to get a day off. You don't. You think that stuff's going to stop miraculously on Saturday? No. No. So the the the, the Lakers have given me no reason at all that they are serious about winning, winning the way you're supposed to win. So we're going to start this road trip on Saturday, and I am fully invested in the fact that they are going to suck ass like they have pretty much the whole year. Joe, 
Come on, yeah. Joe. Oh, Joe, bring it in. Look, bring it in. you Joe. said it. Yeah, I'll so, so the oh, sorry, Johnny, go ahead. No, 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 go, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead, Magic Man. I was just gonna say, I mean, in less than two and a half minutes, you had the Western Conference starters in there, Gerald, and they went on a 10 0 run and were plus 11. And what's the first thing he decides to do after a timeout? Torian Prince. Torian Prince. <laughs> That's crazy. It's got to be some type of activity going on. <laughs> Maybe yeah. between them. I don't know. It's got to be something. Maybe the whole world he doesn't know about. He babysit his kids like, it, on the off days. It might well, be we, deep. Magic Man, it might be, be deeper than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, it was mentioned you know, in the press conference beforehand by... Darvin Ham explaining that his, uh, I guess, what his shooting and his uh, durability were the reasons why Prince remains in the starting lineup. So, John, let me ask you this. I know as Magic Man shakes his head, I, I agree with you. I, I, I still am a loss why he's still there. But, John, you know, people have been clamoring for the same lineup with Vanderbilt, who played really well, his best game of the year. I think he played today, coming off the bench for 17 points. Why has he not found his place back in the starting lineup to give that a try, especially with the Lakers going out on their all-important Grammy trip? Why? Darwin warm hands ham. But I'll 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 take this a step further. Like I, I don't think that he should be starting, to be honest. I do think that we should probably slide in Rui or just a more of an offensive threat out there. And I, I actually came came up with this um, thought process or theory or whatever the other day when I was listening to uh, Gilbert Arenas and he was talking about he, his his take on this. And great, you know, great perspective. We're talking about one of the greatest score, not the, one of the greatest scores, but he's a really good score. You guys get what I'm getting at here. Basically, Gilbert Arenas was talking about when you have Vando and Cam Reddish out there together, but especially really Vando as of late. This game, yeah, he had 17 points, but come on, guys, let's not get prisoners' mentality. We know he's an offensive liability out there. And when you have a player like that that's strictly put out there for defense, everybody knows it. We know it. They know it. The fans know it. We know that the only reason Vando is out there is to play some defense. On the offense, on when we're on offense, do you know how easy that makes to do you know how easy that makes it for a defense to guard us? Like Paul George was talking, Paul George, him and Gil were, were the ones talking about this. Paul George was saying, you know what's the easiest thing on defense? When I know that the player I'm guarding isn't gonna shoot, when I know that the player I'm guarding is just out there for for defense, I'm just gonna play amazing help side defense and just forget about him on the offensive end. And I think that you know that's something that we struggle with, you know, having these players like Vando, um, Cam Reddish, he's, he's, I feel like he's a little bit more offensively gifted than Vando, but having a player like that, that's just like a damn, a dang near a hundred percent minus on the offensive end uh, and only out there for defense. I, I don't, I don't think that that's going to be the right answer. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but at this point, I'm just happy for the win. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm just happy for the win. Um, Every win matters at this point, and you know what? Whether it's beautiful like this one or whether it's an ugly one, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. But Joe, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to say something earlier. 
you were talking about um you just you just had some some negative thoughts some negative feelings and i totally feel you but like man like i'm a big believer of you know the word the words that that we we, we reap we'll sow <laughs> so we got to read some more positive words joe we got to read some more positive words how do you feel about uh, that know. statement Johnny, uh, you know, God bless you. You know, live, I, I, I support you living a positive mind, having a positive mindset. It started off with God bless you. Remember that, John. But but uh, I live in a my in my world. There is no positive or negative. It's results. And at some point, when you're doing things incorrectly, you you need to stop doing that and. I'm watching the game and I'm seeing just <laughs> terrible execution in, 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 a, in a way where it's almost laughable in a, in a, in a crying, hurting way. It, it, this doesn't look like this team has any motivation to do the things, the little things. And the result is 132 points for a team that averages 110 a game. So you allowed a lousy team in your own building to score 22 more points than their season average. A team that has been a laughing stock of the NBA for a quarter century and really not really showing anyone that you are serious about winning a championship. It's just not there, John. I'm sorry, but we had discussed we're going to critique game by game on this. Today they won, not because they played out of their minds. They won tonight because they played a lousy team and they had a couple guys that, that played really well. Vandal scored 17 points tonight. D'Angelo scored, had shot eight three-pointers. So now let's, let's, let's look at it this way. If, D'Angelo hits four less three-pointers, and Vando has his usual four points a game. Is he even averaging that much, G? Is he still at that two-and-a-half mark? D'Lo's the only player on this team with over 100 threes this year. Oh, no, I'm talking about Vanderbilt. What does he average? Two-and-a-half points a game usually? He, he was at, well, last of last week, he was at two, three. He was at 3.1, okay, so but he's uh, now about but, five. So he's imagine that. Five. Imagine if Vando had played his normal game and D'Angelo hit four less three-pointers. The Lakers lose this game tonight. Probably. So I am not impressed with this team. I think the coaching is uh, abhorrent. I believe that LeBron and his whining after not getting a call on, 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 on foul calls, it's warranted. I know you're frustrated. But what, I, what, what really sets the team back, not only from a literal sense on the other side of the court, but he destroys the flow with the whining because he doesn't do anything. The other team goes on a four on five break and they always seem to score when he does that, by the way. And it usually is a three point play. There's bad habits, good in wins and losses that just don't go away. I am not, I am not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to sugarcoat it or I'm going to tell you the truth. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. My delivery, my what I'm saying right now has nothing to do with me. I am just commentating on what is going on. Your leaders are not supposed to do this kind of stuff. 
over and over and over again. LeBron got a scratch. Oh, my God. Wow. You got a scratch on your arm. I remember there was like a quarter-inch gash on Pau Gasol's shoulder, shoulder one game. He looked at it. They put some antiseptic on it or whatever the hell they did. And he went back into the game. He didn't sit there and look like he got shot by an M16. This stuff doesn't work. The the Spurs literally tried to, like, fork Steve Nash's eye out. And even with one eye, he still killed Greg Popovich in the Spurs, Joe. Just, no, it's not just. uh, Something has to happen here. I don't know what, but I'm not seeing it. And I'm anticipating a a rude awakening coming here in the next six games. I'm going to be watching intently, but they better they better put their pants up for once and, and, and really, really go after it. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, John Costa, and Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching Listening, Truly appreciate it. The Lakers do win 141 to 132. They're once again at Sean's old friend, the 500 mark at 23 to 23. They're back in ninth place, tied with the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference standings. So let me get this back to you, Magic Man. When you see the Lakers play like this, you just have that feeling it's not going to be consistent, especially as we head out on the road. I don't expect the Lakers to go and pop 60% from either the field or behind the arc when they head over to Golden State. But I do expect them to be competitive against a team they have a better record against. Now, it's going to be in Saturday prime time. I get that. And we've all seen what happens when Golden State, you know, on prime time, they get up for that moment. But when it comes down to it, Magic Man, the Lakers have to start winning and they have to start this Grammy trip on the right note or else it could go really bad from there. It's going to jackknife if we don't win that first game, Gerald. Yep. You're right. I agree with you. It's, It's going to jackknife if we don't win that first game. You can build momentum game to game. I mean, each game is individualistic, but that being said, you can still build momentum. Teams go on winning streaks all the time. I mean, we're not used to it this year, but teams do. And they need to start on Saturday. You know, that, that would portend to at least the expectations of a good road trip. That being said, got to show up and play. And <clears throat> amongst the myriad of problems and issues and downright frustrations that Darvin Ham exudes, the two biggest ones, the two glaring ones are this. His refusal to play any defense other than drop coverage. And two, his insistence. It's basically stubborn mule-like attitude that no matter how well LeBron AD are playing with a couple of wings, that he's got to go back to that three-guard lineup. That horrible, awful, no good, very bad three-guard lineup, Gerald. He's just he's going to live by the sword and die by the sword, and we're just gonna have to sit here and lump it because his drop coverage is the most obsolete, out-of-date, archaic, dumb-ass defense that you could play. 
and his predecessor and his predecessor, his mentor, was fired exactly for that reason. So it's almost as if you know that you you try and learn from the lessons of history, right? It's it's that old saying: those who don't um, follow history are doomed to repeat it. And he's doomed. He's gonna doom us too with that drop coverage and that and that darn 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 insistence on just living or dying with that three guard lineup. Your best lineup right now is D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron, Vando, and AD. Those should be your starters. Vando should be a starter. Vando should be a starter. Vando should be a starter. I want to invade Darvin Ham's dreams like Freddy Krueger and just cut him up for starting Torian Prince. One, Start two, Freddy's two, coming for you. you. Three, four, four. Better lock the Joe's door. Joe's making the face again. Yeah, I'll invade your dreams and cut you up. You're on mute. You're mute. You're cut, mister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to invade his dreams like Freddy Krueger, man, and just just slice him up for not starting Vando. Vando, right now, like I agree with Adam in the com- in the comment section. I agree with Adam that D'Lo is our third best player. Vando Vando is really accentuating uh, our defense by covering up a lot of flaws that D'Lo and Ar have. So he's finally healthy. He's playing like it. He's playing mentally free, Gerald. I, I, I'm not sure if he was just had the handcuffs on because he was coming back from that bursitis. And it was just, a, I think, a combination of physical and mental not there yet. It seems like he's he's on par now. Like His mental confidence is, is caught up with the physical confidence. He's playing like it. Vander start, man. I would insist on Vander starting it from this point. You're 23 and 23 with, Van, you know, Vando is finally healthy. Why don't you just go back to the the Western Conference starting five for the rest of the thirty six games? I mean, you're twenty three and twenty three at this point. Can it can it get? Any can it more kill mid? you? Not really. We can't get more mid than mid right now. So I I would I would start Vando and live with the results. Oh He's God, playing now better than he has. At any point in time of the season, you do you concur with that, John, or do you still? I mean, uh, or is anyone out there still trying to convince us that Prince is still the best option? Because there seems to be, well, there has been all season long. Uh, Prince has not been the favored individual amongst this crowd and this crew and this audience, but the most important audience of one in Darvin Ham still is behind him a hundred percent. I still think that again, he's fielding these questions. It must be somewhere in the back of his mind, Freddy Krueger, otherwise, John, that he might need to go to that lineup, possibly before the end of the Grammy road trip. Either star Vando or star Rui. But I agree. You have to take Prince out of there. Um, you just, whatever Darvin Ham and Victorian Prince are doing behind closed doors. Hey man, I don't want to know about it, but let's stop. Let's stop letting that affect uh, the game in these rotations. Cause uh, yeah, I agree. There's just, no reason on God's green nerf that um, Torian Prince should be starting both over Vando and Rui out there when both could be better, uh, better options. And, and and even if anything, like we, we could try Torian. We've, we've tried so many lineups, right? We, we have, we tried 11 different starting lineups. Okay. Well, let's try one where Torian Prince is not in there. 
how about that one? So, um, yeah, Magic Man. I've also noticed, Johnny, D'Lo plays a better brand of defense when Vando's in the game. I'm not sure if that's synergy or if that's just Vando and AD understanding scheme a little bit better. But for some reason, guys, D'Lo does, and I'll look at the numbers, but something tells me from the eye test that D'Lo's defense just picks up with Vando on the floor. I mean, so, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was gonna say. I mean, Magic Man, he talked about, uh, you know, it being contagious. I, I, per, I play basketball my whole life, and I still play. When you got one of them dogs on, on, on your team that's just hustling, I'm talking about fighting over screens. I'm talking about pressing up, picking up full court, or picking up at half. It, it, it kind of makes you feel like you have to do it. If you don't do it, you're, you're the odd man out. You, you know, you're the sore thumb sticking out because it's like, dog, come on, man. Like, I'm fighting over screens. I'm doing all this, doing all that. And you can't even, you can't even play half, half the role that I'm doing, can't give half the effort. So, yeah, I agree with you, dog. Um, that energy is contagious with Vando out there. Joe, let me ask you this. D'Angelo Russell. See, uh, the question, if I fielded to John, I already know the answer there, but. You hear the rumors. In fact, Yovan Buha spice up the rumors today. We're both uh, Big Baby and also Empire Jeff. We're doing shows based off the the inflated rumors of the you know possibility of a Dejounte Murray trade. With the way D'Angelo is playing right now, uh, what course of action would you suggest in regards to trading for or leaning against a trade for Dejounte Murray, especially if D'Angelo Russell is a part of it? Uh, the only trade I'd make for Murray would be if you're doing a trade for like a Rui and uh, a JHS. That's it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade any viable player right now. I'm, and I'm not saying Rui's not viable. It's just that's the only contract that I could see trading and getting a improvement in. Uh, as far as trading uh, D'Angelo. Rui and a draft pick that's counter it's it's a it's it's a lateral move and I don't see how that would benefit anything and as far as the the reasoning on why uh Torian Prince keeps getting the start the, the starting nod is uh he's the only player that I would say is a, is valuable in terms of the spot up three point shooter now the issue is, you don't have a very you don't have a good defensive scheme with Austin D'Angelo and Torian Prince. Now, if Vando is going to play like this, which we have to wait and see, uh, then obviously it's going to make it much easier to it's going to make it much easier for them to start Vando because now there's an offensive advantage there versus when he was scoring two points a game and he's not a spot up shooter. You can't penetrate and dish to him. Typically he has made some shots this last few weeks, but it's not, I don't know if it's reliable. If it becomes reliable, then that obviously would help greatly. I'd say they need to run more set plays for Vando. He's obviously improving on his inside game. He's making his shots. He's actually getting contact and, getting a couple of and ones here and there. Uh, but that, that means that the coach needs to, you know, teach his players how to set plays and execute them. I don't have a lot of confidence in smart 
ball playing fundamental type basketball, unfortunately, because I haven't seen it for a year and a half now. So for them to develop that uh, a little over a year and a half with Darvin Ham at the helm, uh, I, the first question I'd ask is what the hell took you so long? So I don't, I, I have to gauge this game by game. I don't know who's going to stay consistent right now. The only guy that stayed consistent within the role players the last few uh, months, let's say and weeks is, Austin's doing his thing. He had a quiet 20 tonight, and then D'Angelo's starting to play like a star. So if you do that, that obviously helps. But the problem is they're not covering their deficiencies on the defensive side. And when they start missing shots or they get a you know, better defensive scheme from their opponent, this is where this these problems start to happen. And then LeBron not letting things go don't doesn't help during the game either, and he needs to stop doing that. AD needs to get the ball deep in, in the paint more and more, in my opinion. I don't think that happens enough. And so by like, the way, like, for those of you who think I don't pay attention, you need to pay attention. I like that. I like that. I really like that. <laughs> if you want to battle, if you want to really battle, we can battle. Uh, saying words on a, on a message board, uh, only can go so far you need to bring some some ammo with you because i'm fully loaded i feel like i'm going inside a barnes and noble and looking you, at the yeah you think you have hot sauce. section you think you have hot sauce coming and joe's like a golgothan oh he's he's the golgothan choose this stationary card here there you go absolutely there you go joe said joeisms there's your next book joe joeisms how about that i don't i don't write books Okay. <laughs> Are you a speak text type person, Joe? That's why you get a ghostwriter. You would be. You would be great. I, I prefer doing a, doing, a, doing prefer an audio reading, to, Joe. I prefer face to face discussions, but it rarely happens. Even 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 when there's an invitation out there, no one shows up. And I, I, I have see, a part. I, I have a part on Audible down the street, Joe. Joe. Audio reading the Berenstein Bears. Temecula, right? Joe's not running from no smoke, man. Hey, man, if you want to smoke with Joe, run up the chimney. Here's Joe reading on Audible for you know somebody that's listening out there. They're relaxing. They're just listening to Joe about the Berenstein Bears. Yo, Bear, what's up? Shut up, or I'll just kick your ass. No, Shut kick, up. Kick in the throat. That's the. I'll kick you in the neck. There you go. You'll, Shut up. Actually, you Stupid say bear. shut up better than I do. Dumbass bear. You say shut up very well. All very right, entertaining. Absolutely. Especially when it's on audio. Because all of a sudden it's dead silence and then you're like, It's by Joe Soro. <laughs> by Joe Soro. <laughs> hey, I, it's funny you say that, Darren. I have a character in mind that I've been putting a story behind uh, for future possible films. His name is Peter Pun. Peter Pun being that okay. his dialogue in the film is going to be nothing but puns, and that's going to be the attraction to that character. And next year we'll see Joe at the Oscars. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an Oscar movie. Uh, I think it's going to be more, uh, you know, uh, it, it used to be actually, I should say, uh, the, the rental, the, the popularity in the rental area versus the, the theater. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, the Lakers do win 141 and 132. I want to bring up something Magic Man uh, Cash said uh, in the chat. He said, we never use our players properly, and then they say trade the guy or trade a guy like Rui, who you went on this show and just yelled and screamed, Darvin Ham hates Rui Hashimura. And you repeated that several times on that episode. I remember it was like magic out there. Pardon the pun. Your thoughts, though, uh, on something like that, because it seems like he is not getting a fair shake or consistent one, and he may never do so as long as the team has Darvin Ham as their coach. Yeah, I, Gerald, I just... I just I don't think, think it's going to work out. Yeah, no, there, there's there's a divide there. There's a divide. There, um, uh, like in any relationship, like... It, doesn't matter whether it's us, whether it's, you know, at work, girlfriend or wife, there's always going to be peaks and valleys. I can't, other than the Memphis series, Gerald, there's no real peaks with Darvin Ham and Rui. He's never really gone out of his way to be complimentary of Rui. He's never gone out of his way to try and insert Rui into a situation where his game game could fit better, especially in the game within the game. I mean, we talked about it during, during playback at times when Rui's in there and the team is struggling, he will try to do several different things. He will cut and slash. He will run off curls and try and uh, get his mid range going. Uh, we saw it tonight. He had Alex Caruso on him. Rui is bigger, stronger than Alex Caruso. And what did Rui do? He put the ball on the floor and took Alex down to the hole and he scored. I just think it's 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 a combination of, again, I think the inflection point for Darvin Ham always goes back to this, again, this really flawed idea that because I'm going to play faster based on having a three-guard lineup, which I don't play faster. Our pace sucks even more with a three-guard lineup than it does with the Western Conference Finals lineup. This insistence that he constantly does that negatively has a ripple effect, and it mostly affects guys like Rui and Vando, either one or both. And I'm just really disappointed. And when people, when I hear those kind of comments that, you know, Rui should be traded or this. I think it's mutual at this point, honestly. I think as much as some people out there want Rui to be traded, I think Rui wants to be traded as well. I, I, I think, Gerald, if if Rob Palinka called Rui into the office tomorrow and said, Rui, you've been traded to the Atlanta Hawks, Rui go, okay. And I bet he would do a happy dance down the down the uh, uh, hallway drilled just thinking about the fact that he doesn't he doesn't have to live with this vestigial dumbass 
on his shoulder named Darvin Ham. Um, because it, it, there just seems to be just valleys with those two. Again, I'll, I'll go back to last season. I really do think that, that that Chicago Bulls game where he sat his ass down on the bench was a confident was him trying to screw with his head, put a screwdriver to his confidence. I really do. And shame on him for that because Rui was trying to bust his hump, make us make us a better team. And he proved it in the playoffs in that first round series. And what did Darvin Ham do to reward Rui's um, performance? Well, he plays him less and less as this as the playoffs went on, and then he played him he plays him even less coming into the next season. I just you know just a bumbling moron, just a a bumbling moron at the helm, and it's it's cause for alarm because people, good people. And a good player like Rui Hashimura has to watch the game for 29 minutes because Darvin Ham is insistent on a three-guard lineup that doesn't give him more possessions, doesn't give him better pace. I, I, I Again, Gerald, we know these questions aren't going to be asked, but the fact is is that at some point in time, you're going to have to point your, point your fingers squarely at Darvin Ham and ask him, so you think the three guard lineup is more effective because you believe it it will uh, allow you for more possessions, therefore more possessions doesn't. And by the way, more possessions doesn't equal more points, especially with your archaic offense. But what's the reasoning for that? Because we know we know by the evidence that that's not true. So it's it's. It's a fib after a fib after a fib with Darvin Ham. And he fibs us. He fibs the media. And unfortunately, he fibs a lot, some of his players. And the guy at the top of the list is Rui Hashimura. Once again, it is the Lakers winning 141 to 132. Don't forget, in 10 minutes, your nightcap will be with Joe Soro. Magic Man, are you going on the nightcap with Soro? No, I don't think tonight, Gerald. I've got wink, wink. I've got a, I've got a big uh, date tomorrow, so I got to get my beauty rest. All right, I expect all the info <laughs> of what went down, or I should maybe rephrase that. What went <laughs> on. No, don't, don't rephrase that. Don't rephrase that. That was what, well. What, well very nice punch, Gerald. There you go. Very nice punch. There you go. Well, I'll expect all the tidbits next time we meet, if that's the case. John, are you heading in for a nightcap tonight with Joe Sorrell? I do not think so. I will okay. not think, think that I'll be able to be there with Joe. All but right. I will be watching on the video. I got to get on my daddy duties. All right. So it looks like Joe Sorrell by himself. So I've got to go ahead and edit when this you have audio. a wife, you don't have to worry about that stuff. But... There you go. John, uh, less than 10 minutes left if that's the case before so, Joe Gerald, goes Gerald, I just wanted to add, uh, okay. Elise, Elise brought up uh, a fair comment. She said, who is the third guard? And then obviously, you know, uh, the comment section, a few of us will say, well, he plays Prince as a third guard. And Elise says, Prince doesn't look like a guard. That's right. He's not. He's not a guard. But remember, Elise, what... I, and I, I go back to this dude 
unfortunately, because what he said was correct. Pat Beverly last year said that Darvin Ham, I'm a fork. He tried to turn me into a spoon, and that's what exactly what he's trying to do with Torian Prince in that three-guard lineup. Torian is a spoon. He's not a fork, but Darvin Ham insists on trying to turn a spoon into a fork. And what do you get? A spork. And a bad spork at that. So, <laughs> oh, go ahead, John. Well, actually, yeah. my question was for you. With the Lakers heading out on the Grammy trip. Next six games on the road. In fact, one week from tonight, they'll be in the dreaded bean town against those green blankety blanks. I will ask you this, my friend. When it comes right down to it, what do they need to do on the road trip ahead for the Grammy trip? To oh, actually- you can call them. They're, they're, uh, they're uh, Southie turds. Okay. There you go. Salty turds indeed. So what are you looking to get out of the road trip ahead? Three and three, four and two, six and oh, two and four. What are you expecting on the road trip ahead for the Lakers? Six and oh would be amazing. But at this point, um, I don't want to set my expectations too high and then be dramatically let down. Um, So I will go with, um, I'll go, you know, I'll, I wouldn't be happy, but if we could walk away with at least four games here, I, hey, if we could walk away with at least four games here, I think it is some. I think this is something that's doable. the The thing about the Lakers is like they put themselves in in, in tough predicaments, right? Like we we, we knew uh, coming into January, we were like, wow, like such a big month in January, we have a chance to really turn this around and go from the bottom of the bottom of the play in to. Maybe you know that's a seven seed, the eighth is six, six seed, eight seed. But we let down, and you know, when we had easier teams when we were on homestand, um, we absolutely let down. Now, uh, I do think that the pressure is on a little bit more, and every single player is feeling it. I mean, you could just look at D'Angelo Russell. I feel like D'Angelo Russell started to feel that pressure. Got, of course, you know, some other things happened. He got a, got a bigger chance, got a bigger leash. And he started performing. Um, I'm hoping that that's going to be the same thing with all these other players. Vando starting to find his way offensively a little bit more, just looking a little bit more comfortable coming off that off uh, that injury. Uh, players just in general, our, our player teams and our, our role players in general are just looking a little bit more confident. So I'm going to go ahead and go with um, four and two on this um, Hollywood uh, Rose stand here that we have. Joe, since you always try to be a little bit more realistic about things, uh, four and two is very optimistic. I will give John that. I'm thinking three and three, and the Lakers will be right back at Magic Man's old friend, 500, by the time it's over. Your thoughts, though, my friend, on how they'll do on the Grammy trip ahead? The details are going to be in the are going to be tonight on that the nightcap but i the, the numbers that keep popping in my head is two and four okay uh a lot of it has to do with that fact that they're going to have a back-to-back yep boston and new york uh i don't trust lebron or ad well maybe ad but i don't trust lebron to play both games at least at this moment talk about the uh, houston um because next tuesday and wednesday uh i'm sorry next monday and tuesday they have a back-to-back I'm sorry, Houston and uh, Atlanta, not yes, Boston. Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta which, goes Houston, which game, Atlanta. Which sorry, game right. would he skip? See, to me, it, I it, think it, he's going to skip Atlanta. Point. I think he'll skip okay. Atlanta. Uh, Lakers usually don't play well in Atlanta, even when they were good. 
So they'll probably concede that game. They're going to try to beat Golden State. They're going to try to beat Houston, but they'll concede Atlanta. And then after that, they got to play uh, Boston on the first and then New York two days later. And they have a easy one against the Charlotte Hornet, uh, the Charlotte Hornets on the fifth. And the, the, the real, the real punch in the, in the gut is going to be after they come back from the road trip, they have to do a back-to-back against Denver and New Orleans at home. So this is the part, this is the part where the Lakers could go three, three and five, go three and five in the next eight games. And, it could be Damn. it could be the downhill slide that 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 I'm worried about. It all it all depends on you know when if you the inevitability of acquiring Deshante Murray. I'm rolling my eyes in the back of my head as far as they can go, knowing that you're likely like you're going to sacrifice at least one game with that trade. So with when the, it comes with, right down to it, and they host Denver on the eighth trade deadline day. What do you think the the Lakers record will be, Magic Man? What do you think that they'll do on the road trip ahead? So in the in that first six, I'd say four and two, and then I'm realistic. I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking you split that that back to back, so five and three is realistic. Okay. But I mean, Gerald, they could conceivably be three and five, four and four. But I'm 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 really Looking at the realism here, I don't think you should just concede a game to the Atlanta Hawks. They're hell no. They're terrible. We're winners. We are winners. Yeah. Come on, guys. We don't concede nothing. That's yeah, crazy. Like, concede- Johnny, Johnny, they've been conceding at least four or five times this year. I, I'm keeping my because the, I'm uh, agreeing with Joe on that one. Sorry. The, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I get your positivity, and you should stay that way. Don't change. I get it. But the okay. balance. The balance there is not even. It's just not. It's it's them. It's not me. By LeBron sitting out the Clippers LeBron game. LeBron sitting out the Clippers game. I remember last year when they sat AD for the Houston game. I was I went I, I was irate and really that was the seed. All time seed that got fertilized with this team. It went away when after the deadline because they did play well and they obviously did well in the playoffs. But I don't like the mentality of this team. They are they have a loser's mentality. And conceding is losing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, yes. I, I've, I we said this at the beginning of the year. I said I would rather you play your hearts out. Yes. And lose than play like a bunch of chumps to save for something. Because what happened? We're after 46 games, we're 23 and 23. And as far as what the record might be by the deadline, the deadline is February 15th. It's the day after our last game before the All-Star break. They could be sitting at, I don't know, 29 and 29, 5 and 5, let's say, if they go 5 and 5 the next. Well, let's say they'll go, they go 5 and 5 the next 10 games because that's what they are right now. You're going to make a trade for Murray – for what? With who? See, this seems to be the 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 the, the spice of the of the, of the of the of the week. Who are you going to trade for? If you trade anybody of any significance and send any draft capital there, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a problem. 
And with oh, that, by the way, a trade deadline is on the eighth. Just to let is you it know. really? Yes. Oh wow. Okay. At, at uh, high uh, noon here on the West Coast. Gerald, uh, we were. Uh, I'll Joe, see you guys in a couple minutes. Thank you, guys. Joe, you Joe Thanks, was Joe. discussing leadership, and uh, I'm just gonna play something for everybody here uh, before he heads on out because. Oh, you can uh, sing some more now that he's gone. Oh no! Um, actually, this is this is better heard. Um, Gerald, did you? Uh, you're a hockey fan. You, you're in this city with the uh, defending Stanley Cup champions. Go Knights, go. Yep. Um, I'd just like to present something here. This is real leadership, and this guy is the leader of L.A. sports right now. Uh, Drew Doughty for the L.A. Kings. I just want everybody to listen to what he had to say about his team. Okay, Gerald? Mm-hmm. We got guys in this room who are too worried about themselves and worried about their points and worried about stuff like that we get a three-long lead tonight and you know guys start thinking it's a it's a cookie night and we stop playing the way we know to play have an awful second period and then aren't much better in the third uh it's about the team it's not about yourself you guys on the team we need to realize that through this whole stretch of games every game has been relatively close does this feel like maybe the bottom out for you guys with how the second and third went i mean honestly it's Felt like the bottom out for a while now. Um, it's frustrating not getting these wins. We're trying to stay positive. We're trying to, you know, get back to having fun out there and play our game. But uh, it's hard to do that when you're on a streak like this. And uh, this is this has been a struggle for us. And the only way we're going to get out of it is if we get everybody's 100% effort and everyone playing for the team. Did you, did you hear that, everybody? Did you hear that? So for those not with this particular player, Multiple Stanley Cup champion, Gerald. Multiple gold medal winner for Team Canada. Puts the team first. That's what the Lakers need right now. They need a singular voice speaking like that. And the fact is, is that he's got the juice to back up the squeeze. Right now, we don't. From Darvin Ham to LeBron to AD. We don't have the juice to match the squeeze. That's an example of leadership. A guy who's willing to put his ass out there and say, yeah, we've got a lot of me, not we on this team. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 141 to 132. Magic Man, great job as always heading up our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break, including the shots at us initially. We'll go ahead and take that for you. But his singing, excellente. Hopefully his date will be excellente. And he'll let me know all the skinny as far mm-hmm. as the what's going on and all the, you know, the, the good stuff. I have to live vicariously through, through you because I'm happily married to a wonderful woman. So, yes, uh, I cannot. Uh, so I have to live vicariously through you as far as the single man that's out there. But yes. before we head on out, John, who is also a very... Happy and content man. At least that's what he public will probably say here. And hopefully that is correct because uh, he's told us wonderful things about his family. So I'm assuming that that's the case. But in order to take care of your family, you got to do make sure you got some good channels that are growing and providing out there for them. So let me hear your thoughts on what's coming up for you at Clutch Talk and Lakers Corner, my friend, before we head on out. 
Yes, absolutely. Got two channels going on here. I got my Clutch Talk channel, which is on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's an NBA talk show. I'm dropping two episodes per week, talking all about the NBA. And then I have more specific uh, Lakers channels called Lakers Corner. That's just on YouTube. Um, I'm always constantly dropping Lakers content throughout there. Uh, post-game shows, um, posties on there. Little to little videos. I've did videos with with, with Gerald. Did I'm gonna bring Matt, Magic Ma- Magic Man on? Um, come you know, come check it out. Come support. Talking all Lakers, um, all all Lakers news, baby. But uh, appreciate you guys having me on as always. And a uh, great Lakers win. Right, you're always a part of what we do. Even when you give me radio silence and I freak out, I'm like, "Where's John? Where's John? Where's John?" I was like worried, man. Did we say something wrong again? Like we always do. If that's the case, we apologize. It's funny because I've got all the canned responses on behalf of the Lakers fast break. I do apologize and sincerely thank you for your patronage. And, you know, absolutely. I've got that all down. I get lots of practice when it comes to this show. But it is, of course, John Costa, Lakers Corner, and also Clutch Talk. Great part of what we're doing. And the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Truly a tremendous part as well of what we do here at the Lakers fast break. tomorrow. Uh, I'm inviting you guys. We will go ahead, hopefully, if you'd like, to honor Kobe uh, on the memory of his passing, both him and Gigi. We will honor that day with a special show. I'm not sure the time as of yet, but going to go ahead and make sure that we do that and honor Kobe as the best way we can, uh, especially what's going on in the world today. So we always got to make sure we take a time out to remember the passing of Kobe Bryant. And we will Mamba forever. Mamba forever, indeed. But this is the Lakers Fast Break Tune in in just a couple seconds. Joe Sorrow, I gave him the code, so he's about ready to go ahead and have a nightcap with you right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for John Costa and Magic Man Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. Adam says he just subscribed to Lakers Corner. Great having everyone here. Great having you here. And great being part of what we're doing, especially on a Lakers win right here at the Lakers.